I got to thank you on behalf of um, Italians. We don't have a lot of really clever, smart representation, Ooh, I feel like, in the, in the world of it. Like, my family, like, especially, like, their sense of humor was like, hey, you're real doo-doo-doo, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm a doo-doo-doo. Oh, me too. Oh, but okay. my uncle, you know, it's one of those things where I'm sure you get this all the time, but we've worked together five times. It was times. you. I remember your face. I yeah, there you go. Something. We were just sitting in the green room waiting to go on. And Jay and the Americans was on PBS. They were they were doing a thing, and we were both just like, "This guy can still sing." He's my favorite. Uh, oh, he's incredible. He was he was really? so I was good, kidding. Man. That was. I'd like one. to be a crooner. That's what I want now. That we talked about it. Ba 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 boo. Is that? Ba boo ba da be da ba da That's nice, huh? Do you mind if I play the intro and then we kind of start the whole thing? Not happy about it, but I'll do it. Tokyo tonight. Ta-da. Wow. That was it. What'd you think? I'm ready to dance. I think uh, it said a lot that that video. It did. Yeah. It was, it, I started this during the pandemic. So I just wanted to take kind of everything that we had been going through, shove it into a 30 second clip and then leave it behind so we could kind of fuck around. Thank you. We have the people, people that love you. <laughs> that's, that's a, I know that when that sentence, I get it a lot, but. I was a kid when I used to watch me, watch you. I was, th- <laughs> I was three years old. I think you were 45 years old. Yeah. Right. What's the alternative? Yeah, Am I right? What's the alternative here? No, you're absolutely right. That's absolutely correct. But who was like, wh- when you were a kid, was it, um, was comedy something that you were like, which I know you've gotten this question a lot, I'm sure. And everybody kind of has who does this kind of thing. But like, I, I always want to know what, what people wanted to be when they were younger, like, cause I can't imagine it was always stand up. Did you have a passion when you were a kid? Yes. It was always liked? stand up. It was always stand up. That's beautiful. I, it wasn't always, it was always being funny. You know, it was like, uh, mm. Gene, Gene, uh, Blazing Saddles, Gene, what's his name? Gene Wilder. Yeah. Those guys, Wilder, and they made me laugh. Dom DeLuise. Oh, those guys are so fucking funny. Spanny. Yeah. Funny. Yeah, but Woody Allen was my favorite. He's so the Italian. Best. He's so he's such a guinea. Huh? <laughs> I think he's got. I think he was beaten up by a lot of Italians because he puts them in there and they're all, always those goombas, you know. Yeah, it's a it's a fear thing. He adds them into their movies. It's not it's not friendship. It's fear. It's probably true. I bet something 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 happened to him with, but he is brilliant, isn't he? Yeah. He is. He's absolutely brilliant. Every every movie, man, is like I just saw one he did with Wallace Shawn. I don't remember the name of it, but did you see that one? No. Where he's the film. It's just every everything. Every time he does, every time he puts out a movie, man, it's like a little nugget of. Uh, it's like a, a kind of like a, a like a thing you can see into the future of what it's going to be like when you're old. You know, each stage of life. I'm like, oh my god, is that really going to be how it is? And it's kind of like, yeah. So far, he hasn't been wrong. Yeah. Yeah, he said to me one time, uh, really like your work, man. He didn't look me, he looked me in the shoulder. You know, he's kind of shy. 
But two two people said stuff like that that really impressed me, made, made me feel great. It was him and, and the guy who wrote, did the Odd Couple. Oh, Neil Simon. Wow. Yeah, I said to Neil Simon, he goes, I really like your work. I go, what do I say to you? You're the prolific playwriter of the, of the uh, 1920s or 20. Anyway, he said, I said, yeah. what, do, what do I say to you? He goes, just keep up the good work. And I said, well, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to put you to sleep. You were you're fucking wonderful. And then we danced. <laughs> Are you good at meeting like your heroes and your idols and stuff like that? Like even when you were younger and starting out? No, it didn't really phase me that much. It just like, like uh, Dr. Dr. J, you know, the yeah. uh, basketball mm-hmm. player. He was one that was like, he's like, like up there compared to people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's it's kind of interesting, like uh, just doing this and being out on the road and meeting comedians and stuff like that. Whenever I there, there's some of them, I feel really comfortable around. I think stand up makes you comfortable being around like other comedians and other kind of famous people like that. But then if I meet a sports figure, I'm like a kid. Or if I meet like somebody that's not in the industry that we're in, I get all like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what I'm doing. It's real weird. That's most of your, the other things in your life. Too, yeah, yeah. Right? Women, you know, my parents, you know, <laughs> the bank. You're straight. Yeah. Oh, oh my god! You never yeah, know. Yeah, I get, you got competition, Don. That's what I came here to tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, oh god! When, like, I, well, I, I read the article that they did on you on Just for Laughs, and I got to see, um, you know, your speech. Geez, that guy is pretty hard on me. No. <laughs> I don't think he was hard. <laughs> it's like a, it's like an advertisement instead of a journalistic right, thing, right? Right. Know? But I loved what you said about like social media and stuff and kind of the world of stand up and how it's changed and and what you have to kind of go through because I'm going through it right now, you know, and it's uh, but it, it's it's so weird, man, with like follower count and social media presence and all that other shit. Um, but I, I kind of like everything you said about it kind of resonated with me because it does seem like if you're talented and you're really, really funny or whatever the deal is, it's not as important as how many followers you have. It's, it's a different world. And, you know, I Bill Burr and uh, Joe Rogan are two of them. I love those guys. Yeah. You know, but they are enormous on, on anything they do. I mean, I don't know what, they, what would have happened to them if they were without that or a lot of them. And, you know, hey, it was, just, you know, when, when I was when I was young, the Johnny Carson show was maybe it's too much. They had too much power. Mm-hmm. Now nobody has the power. I mean, it's a fair thing. We, we, we both have this. And we'll, we'll read it to you. We'll sell you something. Yeah. Johnny Carson was like, you did it or you didn't do it. And if, then if you did it, did you get on the couch? Then if you get to the couch, did you did you have one show that you were the MC or whatever? Right. You know, gone. Yeah. Let's share. And the beat goes on. <laughs> I worked with Cher for like, I don't know, all told about eight years. Mm-hmm. That was different, you know. Imagine going from Tappy Bananas <laughs> to uh, Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Maron. What was that? Did you? I've opened for a couple bands, but not on that level. And it's always death. Did you have fun? Did you get to talk to Cher? No, she was, yeah, she was great. Oh, nice. Really, she was really nice to me. And I was drinking at the time, and mm. she was she understood the the pain that I was going through. I knew this was going to happen, <laughs> yeah, but she was like, "Why? Why do I always break down? Even the good things." <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. 
I don't want to be confused with a football right. player who cries <laughs> if he wins or loses. Big baby, big fat muscle bound baby. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, she was good to work with. Yeah. yeah. The only one that I thought was a bit of a nah, I'm not gonna put no, it. No, do it. This is the show to do it on. Paul Anka had a little bit of an attitude. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. He looked he looked at me like he shook my hand and I thought he was going to kiss it. Uh, you yeah. Know? Like, hey, nice to meet you, Don. <laughs> yeah. Not, he's not my cup of tea. Natalie, Natalie, um, her father's a great, great star. Natalie King. Oh, Natalie. Natalie yeah, yeah, yeah. She was yeah. great. But she had the talent and all. She had the dancing talent that I have and the songs, the singers that I am. Yeah, too. yeah. Everything's about yeah, you got me. it all, man. Come on, come back yeah, to you. No, no. Uh, yeah, the singing stuff, man. I, I opening for those guys. Like, I feel like that was a cool staple that that your your uh, your group kind of got to have. Like Paul Reiser said, she he opened for um, uh, Melissa. Um, oh my God, Manchester. And like, but how did those things get set up? Is it because you guys had the same agency, or did they find you? Uh. I don't know. There was this one guy, which I really shouldn't name. Shouldn't name. And I, I won't. Okay. He was up for it, and and I I was up for it. My manager said, uh, "Who would you rather have? You know, who, who would you rather have on you on the on the bus?" Mm-hmm. Which is you know twenty three miles of the twenty three hours of the <laughs> day. And the guy says, well, "Dom's got the gig," because the other guy was so fucking annoying. Really? And after after this is done, you know. I want you to ask me that if you remember. I'll I want to. Who it was? Maybe you. you, you yeah, you know. absolutely. I'm going to ask you after this is over because I would definitely want to know who it is. I love that shit. Um, but that's that's kind of cool, man. Like I've got um, I've gotten some experience with that, but not enough. It's the landscape has changed so like utterly and completely. Like when I started, they were making us do bringer shows, which I didn't do for long, thank God, because a headliner wound up taking yeah. me out. But like that was terrible. Like they made you bring like if you, if you didn't bring like 15 or 20 people to see you. Like you didn't get stage time. And I was like, I don't have 15 or 20 people that want to see me bomb every night in New York. Like that's insane. <laughs> no one wants that. Yeah. No, no it's, uh, you're, it's embarrassing because you're bringing your, your fake acts to their people. They're all fake. Ah, that's a, he's so hilarious. Yeah. It's all their friends. It doesn't mean yeah. anything. I was thankful, man. I got, I, I found a dude who um, had a DUI, which is great. And I had a car right here. One, yep. boom, one there here. you go. And then they were like, he's like, Oh, you can drive. And I was like, yeah. So we just started doing road gigs together and I didn't have to do the bringer shit too much. And I got to go into the city, like at, at the improv when it was still around. And then a couple other places if I wanted to, but because I got taken out on the road so much, you know, I just got to learn, from him and doing doing that kind of shit so that was nice i had a bad one um joan jett and the black hearts four thousand people two thousand were really a good audience and the other two thousand hated me more than they hated anything else (laughs) and i go out and i'm I'm barely out there they start heckling and you know somebody throw it near me like at the top of an ice cream thing Mm -hmm. and i go and i go you know say i'm out of here the guy, the, the guy, you know, $250. He goes, uh, great, great job. I said, I hardly talk. He said, but, you know, at least the, the band's up to, to all that stuff. Uh, I said, well, who's, how do you, I mean, all I do is run across the stage. Can I get a bonus by running again, back again? We'll be up to 750 It was horrible. Right. 
But the, one time with, with Cher, it was in Dayton, Ohio, and this girl goes, Cher, Cher. And I go, listen to you, fucking retard. She's not here. She's not even here. She's not even listening. She's just, she's just taking a bath right now. <laughs> and they, they hated me so much. They came to Cleveland, which was the next, and they just to boo me. <laughs> And Cher didn't care. She didn't get. She was cool. That's the best, man. When the other artists don't give a shit and they just kind of want to watch you, like do whatever you can. They're like, "That was great." Yeah. yeah. I. Uh, well, do you know Ricky Bird from Joan Jet and the Black Arts? He's a good friend of mine. He yeah. loves you. And I'll tell him I love him. I will. Not in a gay way, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a relaxing lay on the top of a guy. Yeah. Little. I want to ask you about Rodney and stuff like that when you started, because you got your. Uh, I think was it your big break was was from Rodney. Yeah, the uh, was was he as generous to comedians? Special. Was he as generous? To, I mean, everybody. Oh, I, he's the one guy I wish I had met. Like he was, he was definitely before. Uh, but you know, everybody I know loves him. But they always said that he was he would like kind of let comedians write for him and buy jokes because he knew they needed rent money. Like, was he that generous? Yeah, he had a great a great heart. He says, says maybe one night. At least he loves to stop bullshit after everybody's gone. And I, he was, I, I was so, he was such an interesting guy and he's so fucking funny mm -hmm. when he, when he's trying to be serious, he's funnier. <laughs> and uh, he says, kid, can I do anything for you? Can I help you? I said, we already did. You're, you, it's really cool being a, a friend of yours, but you, you could do me one favor. What's that? He goes, I go, close your robe, <laughs> pull your robe nice because I can't stand eating and seeing your purple ball, your purple, purple little fucking busta balls. And then he doesn't laugh. He goes, You're, "That's very funny. That's very funny." <laughs> That's him how, howling, laughing. Oh. Very funny. Joe Ansis. He brought me this guy, Joe Ansis, who was the the king de la king of comedy comedy critique critiquers. Yeah, you know, yeah. He was, and the kid said the same thing. He goes, "You're you're a right guy. You know, get in there." Like I made it in some way, mm -hmm. but that was. That was their big compliment, but I, it was an honor to work with him. I don't know if to get Sammy Maudlin, Sammy Maudlin on you, but it's like oh, yeah. he was just so fucking brilliant. Yeah, with these stupid jokes that are made hilarious because the way he delivers it, he had everything. Yeah, when you talk about the number of laughs per, per minute, forget about it. Nobody else. Right. I mean, even seeing him on Carson, I'll watch those old clips on Carson again, and it's just not like I can't even breathe. It's just nonstop from. The time he's doing stand up to the time he's sitting on the couch. And then when he gets done, the best is when he's when you know he's done. Cause I've never like he doesn't have he never he never chatted casually on those shows, right? No, he got joke after joke. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then he got and then there was one where I my friend made me watch it where he's talking to Johnny and uh I guess he was just at the time was up and he goes, Well, what do you want to do now? Because <laughs> the there's nothing left. Oh, so I was good. in one of his last movies. It was called, um, it was about with a winery. He fell in love with this girl. He drank this, this wine. Yeah, yeah. She, the girl would get, the girl would get drunk and, and he'd, he'd fuck her. It was beautiful, beautiful, sentimental scene. Yeah, it was, it was, it was too old for it, you know? Yeah. I remember when he, his 80th birthday, he was there and he goes, hey kid, you want to get fucked up? I said, you're supposed to be like a great grandfather at this point. You get <laughs> fucked up on a, a Thursday. Oh, it's good shit. It's good shit. Wow. Yeah, yeah. There was a, um, this always made me feel good, especially when I started doing stand up when I was younger. Cause I, I always think of you guys as like never getting nervous. Like you're so, like, like that's the beauty of like somebody who's good at this, right? If you watch them and they're really good at it, you don't notice if they're thinking about shit, when they're working on stuff, when they're nervous, when they're excited, whatever it is, right? You just think, 
good God, that was magic what I just saw. But oh, I, I hated the, the first time. Yeah. Oh, oh, I want to. Yeah, I want to ask you. So, well, basically, I was watching this thing on Rodney. They did this documentary and Robin Williams was was talking about, um, you know, still getting nervous like everybody, no matter what. You still get that little butterfly in your stomach before you go on. And he said he was at Dangerfields yeah. and Rodney was about to go on and he's standing next to Robin and he goes to Robin. Look at me. I'm sweating. I own the club. And I just, thought, <laughs> I just thought that was the best. What was your first time like, though? You got first time what? You said you you were you hated your first time. Oh no, good. I hated. They said, and Jim McCauley, who booked me, mm. goes, "Have have fun, man." I go, "Fun? I fucking hate this. Right. I can't wait." You know what I want, I want to do? That's just what I did. My, my wife said, "You want to get something to eat?" I, to eat? I said, "No, I want to go do, do some stand up." So we went from the Tonight Show to the Comedy Store, and I felt so good to be home again. Yeah, I hated the Tonight. It was so much pressure. Right, like you know, you you, you gotta you gotta lose. It's like you can't. You gotta have one second. Oh, that wasn't funny. He's not. He's not gonna make the couch this time. Right, right. Well, I'm glad I'm did it. It was like the imprimatur of, of a comedy club, comedy. Your whole thing. Yeah, man. That that stamp of, of approval. Right. You know? Yeah, I can't imagine that kind of nerve wracking shit. Because at least in this day, like you can. People have such a short attention span that I feel like you have way more room to, even though it's going to exist on the internet forever, there's so much other shit that pushes it down, you know, like yeah. where you could kind of fuck up or not be that funny. And then, you know, you just put something else out the next day and people, it's like a mind wipe, like an Etch-A-Sketch. People just forget as soon as they scroll past you. But I guess back then when you were on The Tonight Show, did anybody like... This is this is stories I never did. Anybody go on and bomb so badly it ruined their career on the tonight on the tonight show? I don't know. That's a good question. Thank you. I know it really helped Drew. Oh, Carrie, Drew Carrie really helped amazing. Roseanne. Roseanne was terrific. On, yep. um See, I'd send by the first names because I'm so big myself. <laughs> Mister Irer, I used to teach uh, fourth grade. Mister Irer, you so nice. You ain't you ain't. Uh, you ain't white, you're Italian. Because the kids, a lot of the kids hated white people. Yeah. It was a very sad thing, but half and half, half white, half black. Did you miss the Mod teaching? Not all the kids. Was Did that? you miss teaching when you were doing stand-up? I missed I missed the kids. I had a lot of fun, uh, you know, trying to play basketball with them and stuff. Yeah. And they, they were, I really tried to instill some... Uh, you know, some some uh, dignity. I wanted them to have like, uh, you know, uh, self high self esteem. Right. You know. Yeah, I was talking so, to my friend the other day about teaching and stuff, and when we were in school, and I don't know if I don't know if it was like this when you were teaching back then, but they really kind of did. They they separated everybody when I was in high school from in like three different tracks. So they would be the honor students. The middle, the second tracks were like you know could go either way. And then the third tracks all had their desks facing the wall because they were bad. You know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> right, like what yeah, the? Yeah. Um, but, but I was like, it was so weird to me that they would like, <clears throat> you know, like all the honor students, like uh, all the top, top kids in the class, they would get days off and pizza parties. And, and like the apparatus would have you believe that these kids were going to cure cancer one day. And then, oh, yeah. and now I'm like, I'm like, they, all they did was move into a cul-de-sac and, pop out a few kids and gain weight. Like what was the, where was the brilliance? Where was, what was all that free pizza yeah. for? I had this one kid named Teresa Meltzer. 
more Mel Sitter or something like a fruit, a French ending. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, I ask you something. I go, what? She goes, do you think I'll ever I'll graduate from high school? I said, crazy, crazy, it's high school. You could be a doctor someday as smart as you are. He goes, she goes, are you kidding? I go, no, you're brilliant. And she's a professor now, of course. It turned out so wonderful. But nice. Those moments as a teacher are powerful. You know, you really made them think good about themselves, you know? Yeah. When was the point where you, when you quit your job as a teacher and started doing comedy full time? How did you know? Um, the hours. I was, I was laying upstairs. Monday Night Football was on. Hmm. And I had to go to bed. I'm thinking, this is I can't do this. Yeah. It wasn't anything about money or kids or this. You know, I love working with the kids, but I, I hated getting up more than anything. And I would have like they would the kids would wake me up. I've been in the park, I've been in the park waiting for the the, gel, the bells to ring, mm-hmm. and I hear, Mister Bear, the bells rung. <laughs> All right, then I have to go get the wipe off my foam. <laughs> So that's what I knew. I mean, I wanted. To, I was. I was an actor too, but yeah, stand up was always my you know strong point. Were your parents cool with with, with what you? Because I guess you know you had to eventually tell them that you were leaving teaching and then going to do performing and stuff like that. Like, did they have any influence over you in that respect, or were you like, "Hey, mom, dad, I'm doing this, and that's it"? First of all, they were, they were never together. Oh, when I was born. So thanks a lot for bringing that yeah, up. I knew you were trying to get me to cry. You son of a gun. <laughs> Whatever that. That's a gun. So the gun. Oh, don't, that's pretty rough. Yeah, talk. Jesus. You know, this girl in the neighborhood, she's, she's a really big breast. For some reason, she's walking around like this. And when we were such an evil little kid, she go, hey, doing, hey, 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 nice tits, baby. And she goes, oh, go jump in a lake. <laughs> hey, man, that's the fight fair, will you? <laughs> I can't even move. My breathing. Is... Uh, even though your parents were separated or whatever, like you never told them like what what you were doing with your. They didn't care. They didn't have any impact on it. No, they they really didn't. My father was a was a marine, mm-hmm. and he said so I never saw him even when they got divorced. Mm-hmm. And um, my mother worked for they get this a dollar twenty five an hour, and the the money is pouring in. Uh, so she, we live with my grandparents too, right? And uh, my grandmother had gigantic breasts, which I used to, you know, check out in the morning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, that's my story. Bada boom, bada boom, and then the makings of a comedian. Well, I, I was always sure that I was going to make something. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't walk around thinking I'm the greatest boy. If they find out, but I knew that I had. Something talent, very little at every every other place, but pretty good in stand up that that area. Mm-hmm. So I never went into a feeling so great or or so wonderful. But I never I never questioned whether I'd make it. I always thought I would. And it to me is a living and a good life. It doesn't have to be yeah Jerry Seinfeld every time. Right, right, right. Yeah, no. I mean, did you do you feel that way looking back though, or do you or do you think like, oh my god, I had no idea what I was doing. No, by the time I got to stand up, I had already done like TV shows and nice. I did commercials and stuff. So I was, a, I don't know, I didn't sit there and think, "Boy, am I great!" You know, but I just, I just felt that uh, that's what I was built for. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's my it, big nose and it's your calling. Big hips. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. The calling. Yeah, the calling. Heidi, get on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. What was the what was your crew like? Your class was. I could be wrong, but was it 
like Seinfeld, Riser, Carol Liefer, those guys, or were you a class above them? I was about no, I was about behind them, oh. and about mostly one or two years. Oh wow! When I went to the, the comic strip to see them, Jerry Jerry Seinfeld was on, Riser was on, hmm. Dennis Wolfberg. I don't know. You I know Dennis know Wolfberg. Him. Yeah, yeah, he was he was really funny. He's great. And then, one, yeah, one girl was Carol. Okay. And I guess that's a, we had a, we didn't have any black acts yet. Uh-huh. And Eddie Murphy was, you know, he came into the comic strip in a storm. He was a terrific actor. Right. I, I didn't really like him, but he was good. As a person or as a comic? I know as a comic, he's fine because he was, he could, he could imitate really good comics. Yeah. Comics. <laughs> he was great at, you know, doing a combination of uh, Bill Cosby and Pryor. You know. <laughs> right, right. But he was good and devoted and, he really was uh, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Was that? But I didn't like the I didn't like the way he treated people. You know, he's really a bully. Yeah, I don't like that kind of shit either. I hate I hate that kind of stuff. Uh, were you like a hangout guy? Did you hang out with everybody afterward, or did you kind of go home and after your set? No, I hung out. Yeah. I didn't drink that much until a while into fifteen fifteen hours in fifteen years in rather. Uh, I started drinking and I stopped like about a year ago. Oh, congrats, man. That's, that's how I got the slim form that I have. <laughs> you look, or you look My hips. You're turning me on right now, man. I'm getting a little hot. No, <laughs> don't stop it. It's too much. I can't handle it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, they feel like the camaraderie was amazing back then. Like everything I've read. I was such a comedy nerd when I was a kid. And like I, I, I had all the books, like comic lives and stuff like that. I wanted to be a comedian from like. You know, again, like you, like basically, you said you knew you wanted to be a comic, but uh, everything I read about is like all the camaraderie you guys had, all the like hanging out, the late night diner stuff, helping each other write jokes. Um, is that? Do you find that that's the same kind of thing? Like when you go into the clubs now and you see the guys, do you think there's the same kind of? No, it's it's not the same because of the, the me. It, it, they could stay home with this 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 whole this thing and you know, a whole career. Yeah, just sitting there by, by this. These stuff, you know, we didn't have that. Yeah. It's kind of brutal. Like, I think it kills uh, any kind of socializing. You know what I mean? Like, even me, like, I'm that generation that I still had, you know, VHS. Because I was born in 84. So I had, you know, all the cassette tape, you know, VHS stuff. I had to go out. I rode my bikes with my friends. We hung out outside. And then now we were on, like, the when I graduated high school was when Facebook and all that shit started coming to the surface. And all my friends and I feel kind of lost because we're just like, no one goes out. No one does anything anymore. Like you don't have to like, you know, we have each other, but like, I haven't met anybody new. <laughs> like, I don't know any, you know, like it, it, nobody hangs out and does that kind of shit, especially in the comedy community. You have to be on, uh, on a show to do something to communicate. Dude. Absolutely. That's why, that's why I started doing this kind of shit. I was hoping maybe I would make some more new friends and, you know, I'm so lonely. Maybe I'll do, I'll do a podcast. <laughs> how are you? How are you during the pandemic? Did you did it? Did it kind of fuck you up a little bit, or were you just like, you know, I could? Well, it doesn't take much to fuck me up. So, <laughs> but the, my girlfriend and I, she got we we started peaking, getting close to this thing. So we, by the time. We basically were married in, in in all in all aspects other than in paper because right. 
we were like together. We didn't know what was going to happen. It was a twilight zone. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people's, a lot of people's uh, one fear would be that this little virus is killing our society. Yeah. I ate those fucking things for breakfast. I didn't give a shit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're the cure. You got a piece of that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm the cure. Oh, man. Was it? Was there a point in your career when you were doing stand-up and you're on the road where you felt comfortable enough like you had made it? Like, what was? Do, do you have anything in your mind where you're like, I can point to this and say that I was financially secure and successful? Well, the, 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 the uh, Dangerfield thing gave me instant risability or whatever, however you would call it. It's like, sure. I go into Atlanta and I open a door and I can't get in the club. I go, what the fuck? What's going on? And the guy goes, you do. You're, you're what's going on. Wow. You know, so I didn't even know that they knew me. They knew me from that one night. Right. Seven, seven minutes and all that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I got this hat and I bought this shirt with that. <laughs> and I was a happy man. I always skipped instead of walked. Oh, my God. Well, we, you know what the craziest thing is, is you told me I didn't even realize that you were an actor first before you were a comedian. So so doing that whole trajectory. You must have seen, you must have seen some of my, my, my performances. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I know, I know that like the trajectory for most comics was like, you know, do the do the do stand up long enough to get recognized to then get a sitcom. Did you care about that? Not enough, okay. but I, I actually, you know, I, if I had my choice, I'd be in an improv group than doing so, solo stand up. Oh wow, I like it. Or I like working with people. You know, yeah, not a ten, I'm ten, I'm not tennis, I'm basketball. I like having, you know. Being like a point guard. Yeah, yeah, man, I get it. I loved when you were doing the your podcast at the Laugh Factory. I used to watch that all the time, and I loved watching you go back and forth with all those guys. Yeah, the really funny one is Bill Bill Burr, Bill Burr with me and Jamie Musana. Yep, I was crying laughing. Bill's so fucking funny. I was crying laughing. He is the fucking best, man. He is so good. When I was when I just when I first was starting out, he had um he was hosting one of the shows I was on at Caroline's. And the rest of us were backstage and we all looked at each other like, what is the point? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, just let them keep going. This is fucking great. What do they want to see me for? And it was in the beginning. Well, he, he doesn't want to see you, actually. He told me that before I came in tonight. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> like, well, you know, they, I, they ask, you always ask, this is one thing that people don't get. They go, who's, you know, like, who's your favorite comedian? I said, who's, who's the strongest comedian? I said, well, it's relative, you know? Yeah. I mean, Dave Chappelle's he takes his time. He says, but he's got his thing. My, my friend Jonathan Katz, you know that Doctor Katz show. I know him very well. That? Yeah, he's been on the show. Well, you know, he was so fucking funny. But like my my ex wife, she she would not laugh at Robin Williams, who was brilliant. But Jonathan, you know, she loved. Wow. You know. Yeah, Robin was like my gateway into comedy when I was a kid because I didn't really know what stand up was. But I, when I was younger, I I saw Mork and Mindy reruns. And um, I, you like to party, huh? You like to party? Yeah, yeah. I was a big, I was a big stay-at-home kid. <laughs> <laughs> I was real popular. I had the braces and the fucking flat hair and shit. Um, yeah, I had uh, and and like Fern Gully when he did the voices. But I was like, oh my god, like this guy's hilarious. Um, and then I found out that I don't know. I was just up late one night and I saw him at the Rainbow Suspenders on some kind of on some show doing stand-up and then i started looking into everybody else who did st- i didn't know what stand-up was but i was like oh my god this guy fucking does it so you know he was he was always one of my favorites i didn't realize how much you had i'm sorry he was always one of my favorites i didn't know that the guys did the same words every night 
Oh. Like I thought they went up there and they just improvised 40 minutes, 30 minutes. Right. And that was a good one. They, well, we went to see these guys, probably like like Jerry and Paul and those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's doing the same shit. <laughs> I thought it was funny last night, but and then I realized how hard it was. And you had to, yeah. very difficult even to get that shit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How, how much of your stuff do you, do you like to improvise when you're on stage? Yeah, if I can, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. But yeah, if I, if I can risk something, then I don't mind. But I, of course, I'd rather everything getting hit out of the park, but that doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. But I've seen, like, I've, we were, we, we worked together like four times. I know I'm, I'm a very memorable. I look completely different than I did when we worked together, but it's fine. But, uh, I hope so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Young man. I just never cut it from co. I just started doing this and I was like, whatever. Um, but yeah, I saw when we were at bananas, you got really playful with the audience more so than I think when we were in long Island and then, um, we were at Chicago at the laugh factory. You had got me in there and, wow. and, uh, yeah, you're very nice. You, I, I know it's, I, I'm not saying that you don't remember, but I, you were, you were like, you're very cool to me, so I was always very grateful to you for for uh, for being that nice because you, you didn't need to be and you didn't know me and um, but I was I was a young buck and I wanted to I wanted to do some stuff but yeah you were you were play you were playing around a couple times like in between some stuff and I was always like like I didn't see you do it too often but when you did it man you for fucking just looked like you were having a ball those especially those two are my favorite clubs yeah. But the except bananas, they kept moving. I know, I know. It's hey, this is nice. They lost their lease, you know, on a holiday in. I said, I know it's hard to find us, but where we will be. Yeah, you know. I did Denise's retirement show. Denise is a very good friend of mine. I love Denise. She's got the Steve Schaefer used to go. What an ass, huh? She got <laughs> most beautiful. I said, Steve, you know, calm down. <laughs> look, but look at that ass. You're gonna tell me that it's not a perfect ass? It's true. It's so true. Oh my god, yeah, she's the she's the best, and she retired. She's not doing it anymore. We did her retirement. I know, I heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah she was one of, one of my one of my favorite people. Yeah, she was the one who let me when I was like four years in. She let me open for Jimmy Fallon, and then after that, um, I got to open for all the national. Like they would just call me all the time if there was somebody big coming in, which was nice. Those guys were always yeah. extremely nice. Did you see the? Did, did you did you start primarily? I know you were in Philadelphia and I know you were in New York and stuff like that, but you're talking about the comedy store. Do you consider one of those club, like a comic strip comedy store or catch like a home club for you? I mean, Your Honor, may I answer that question another time? <laughs> Why would I like to cut off a third of my living? That's true. No, I mean, like it must be like, a, not now, but let's say like when you were younger, when it was, it was there someplace? Cause I know there was that war between the comedy store and the improv. Yeah, that's be, that was before me. That was where my improv group were rehearsing on the roof of Fifty Six and Tenth. Oh, and they go, Dom, look at this, and it said like one of the, the comedian who jumped off the roof. You know, yeah, yeah, terrible. And I thought, wow, it's a rough, rough place to do stand up, huh? <laughs> I just I did a TV show a couple of years ago about that, but it, it didn't really cover cover it like it should have been. The Mike Binder. Called, I'm dying. I'm dying up oh, here. Right. Wasn't Mike Binder's thing? No, so. yeah, I remember. I'm dying up here. Jim Carrey. Yeah, that was a great show. Well, we thought it had potential, but they, the 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 Oscar-winning main, I uh, forget her name, 
her against the press producers. So oh. it was it was condemned. It was condemned to to not go go on. Oh, that sucks. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. Jim Carrey just gave me the part. Oh, he did. So so they came to see young hot comics, which I'm not. <laughs> and then <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm hot. I'm hot. I'm hot. But um. He just said, "Just give him the part." Nice. I thought, "What the fuck?" I, you know, he, you know, he says, "I know Dom. He wasn't going to dance for me anyway." Right. <laughs> I and he, he said, "I don't want that." He'd be busting my balls about it. Oh, Mister, you have quite the eye, Mister. <laughs> Do you still talk to the uh, the guys that you started with, like your improv troupe? A little bit. Uh, well, Michael Patrick King. Oh, Sex in the our City. Writers, he, he's like a big, uh, you know, he's gay, right? Yeah, yeah. And everybody, everybody knew he was gay. When he came into a room, he flittered. He did something, <laughs> ballerina. And he was, you know, I, I loved him. He's like when my little brother. Right. As, you know, he did really he did well. Uh, Steve, Lisa Mendy was the one who the, on, on uh, was Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. Jerry, the baby. Yeah, yeah. You know. And everybody, everybody got something. Our pianist played for uh, Broadway for years. You know, a lot of talent. Yeah. Oh, and, and I had to go away. So Bruce Willis auditioned for my part, and I got another guy. Bruce and I were already, already buddies. He was a, a bartender. Oh wow! Up, uh, about a block away from the the improv. But the, the other guy, Tom Saunders, was his name, and he got the part. And Bruce Willis didn't get it. I said, you know, you didn't book Bruce. They go, no, Tom was funnier. And I go, All right. Wow. Because you know, I was out of, out of that. Can you imagine? Before a billion dollars later. Right. <laughs> good choice. Yeah. Good choice. <laughs> that That's the craziest thing, man. It's like, especially in this industry, a TV show or a movie will come out and all the press will be about how this particular movie or TV show did it different. And that's why it's so successful. The critics love it. The audience loves it. And they'll be like, well, what's the secret? And it's like, well, we just let the comedians and the talent have the control. They wrote they wrote what they wanted. They had creative control and the industry kind of backed away from it. And then they'll be like, cool. Are you going to do it again? And they're like, no, <laughs> <laughs> like, we're 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 going to go with uh, all our IPs again. And uh, like it's the, like, look at the Barbie movie, man. Like they let Greta Gerwig direct it. It's a billion dollar movie. Margot Robbie, a, a female lead. And and now they're they're the basically the company that made that movie is like, oh, cool. Are you going to do more like female directed, like male, like what are female led movies? And they're like, no, we're doing Matchbox Car, the movie, uh, um, <laughs> you know, Rock'em Sock'em Robot. Like they're making all Mattel toys. And they're like, how did you miss the point? It's not the toys, well, you idiots. It's all changed. Now the really good actors are in the date that it's Showtime and HBO. Yeah, the, the kids all explosion. They're, they're the night. They're the big ones. They're the block block boys. How do you say? It? Block. Yeah, yeah. How do you kids say it? The, Jonathan yeah, Castro told, so told me to. Uh, he goes break a leg night tonight. My grandmother goes Fangul. He you should break a leg. She didn't get that it was a saying of the joy and luck. Oh my God! Where I was born in um, Brooklyn. Uh, I'm from Brooklyn on 40th Street, Fort Hamilton Parkway. I was born in Monadies Hospital. Are you? Where's your family primarily from? I didn't have a family. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what it says. Well, what I have written down in your bio. I don't, like, where do you think you got your sense? My of humor mother from? thought she was funny, but she wasn't. But she would, she'd come home from work, 
I killed tonight at work. They were all, I had the whole floor <laughs> laughing. She says, I got that from you, you know. I said, Mom, you're not as funny as me. Leave me alone. <laughs> give, me, give me my cinnamon toast, Mom. One of my first jokes was my, my father left home. He didn't cheat on my mother. He used to cheat on us. We'd pick up the kids after school, take them to the zoo. One day he came to me and he goes, I got to level with you. I met another kid. And for the first time in my life, I feel like a real father. That was just, I wrote that. At, um, uh, I was doing uh, one of those uh, afternoon things. Uh, yeah. Which, it was like the biggest uh, soap opera. Ever. Oh, Days of Our Lives? Uh, yeah, Days, Days of Our Lives. And um, I, that, that's what I wrote. That That's how bored I was. <laughs> <laughs> Are you the type to sit down and write material like at a certain time of day? Are you regimented or do you kind of work it out on stage? On stage, mostly. I'm nice. terrible. Like Woody Allen's thing was you sit there all day and something will come to you. Sometimes yeah. it don't come, you know. I got to say, well, well it's, uh, it's really been fun. I'm not, not that it's done for me, but I'm not going to travel as much. But I really do feel good about it, you know. It's like uh, – and that, that – the, the article capitalized how felt, how bad it was, how like just I don't know. I almost cried that it, it made me so like when I was at they had a, a you know, Russell Russell Peters. Yeah, of course. He asked me to be on a show, and the crowd was like jumping around before I even said anything. I wow. thought I, it was just like so, it was really very heavy, but I didn't want to act like a football player, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mama. But yeah, it had to be emotional. And you said you're feeling good about it and everything, man. But like, are you, do you, do you really consider yourself as far as everything else done? I mean, you still got your wits about you. You're still fucking hilarious. You know, do you think there's any other avenues you'd want to take? No. Like that. What if you did more of this? What if you did more interviews and stuff like that, but just from home and like shot the shit with your friends? Yeah. I, would, I mean, you know, I was with Joe Ro Rogan from the top of this whole thing. And I have not that I have any credit. I was Joe's pool player buddy, you know, but um, nice. He he had a sense of it more than I did. Plus, he nice. likes to li he likes to talk more. I don't like to do three and four hours. I like to do an hour and get the fuck out of there. Yeah, I know. I'm the same. Yeah, that's what that's what these shows are basically just an hour. But he does get in kind of in depth. What do you what do you think of like how comedy is evolved? I mean, isn't it amazing to you how the way it's evolved and like now we do have like these podcasters. Joe Rogan's got a podcast. Theo Vaughn's got his podcast. Bill Burr's got his. Like, I mean, comedians Where would it be have always been them? kind of Where would it be without this? Exactly. They're they're carrying the fucking industry and everybody, you know, I don't know if it's like I mean, I guess it's just the nature of the press. Like it's this cyclical animal where they're just constantly getting shit on. But I feel like it's gotta the negative shit has gotta end at some point, right? Or is it, it Yeah, you, know, you would think something monumental would will come up that closes them down. Yeah, exactly. But it just keeps it keeps fucking going. It's insane. But yeah, those like, I don't know, man. I mean, they they've they've really like even Tim Dillon. Do you do you know Tim Dillon? I met him. Uh, it's funny because he was really excited to meet me. I go, really? Why? But anyway, he was like, uh, Absolutely. I think he's really funny. I think he's brilliantly funny. Yeah. But he's he's see he's not a good improv guy. He's not he he's not the guy you want next to somebody. He's he's a guy you should should be right at one camera. He's so yep. fucking funny. Just that's it, you know, because he gets he gets stifled by you know, other guys trying to chip in. It's just not his, his thing. But right, in right, improv, right. you know, you've a lot of people doing it. So. 
improv is a crazy skill on its own. I mean, like I I've done shows at improv theaters and stuff like that, where I've seen them ask other comedians to come on. And it's kind of funny watching a comic try to do that kind of thing, like switch the, cause we're so used to being by ourselves all the time, but it does feel good to have someone else to fall back oh, on. Yeah. You know? And just to work as a group and a team. Do you, do you ever get to do, did you ever get to do and dabble in improv anymore? Last time was really, to, to name drop, like with um, Robin Williams and a guy named Rick Overton, and we would do things like a catch. Oh, yeah, and, I know Rick. Catch and uh, the comic strip and the improv in those days before before the, the comedy seller even. Wow. So, yeah, but I, I never do it anymore. Do you think you'll still act? If I, if I get offered something, you know, I'm not going to go and like um, – the last thing I did that was worth any money was uh, 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 Arnold – Wait, something Arnold. Uh, hey Arnold. That's oh, like, Hey Arnold? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you were in Hey Arnold. That was like really a good gig. I mean, it was good money, good fun. I, so that, if I got something like that, I'd, I'd love doing that. The, yeah. the, the director no, was so, you know, he goes, all right, dude, just do whatever the fuck you want now. He goes, we got it down. Just go go crazy. And that that made the, some of the best material, you know. How did you get into the voice acting stuff? Just them seeing me do stand up. Nice. Yeah. I didn't have to run. As long as I don't have to dance for them, I'm okay. No, but you got the perfect voice for it, man. I mean, it, it just, it like, one, it's recognizable, but two, it's got this familiarity quality to it. That's another thing, too, that they, I think they used to do brilliantly when I was a kid. Like, they would take Hollywood actors, like, top of their game and put them in kids' cartoons or movies. Mm-hmm. And then you would recognize the voice when you were a kid and want to watch them i think in like old like if i was watching a movie with my parents i would recognize the guy's voice right and i would just be like i know that like it's this this familiarity thing that i think is like pretty pretty brilliant the way they did that mm-hmm. i don't know if they meant to but it works for me because i remember like hearing your voice and then seeing it come out of you doing stand-up when i was like when i was able to watch that kind of stuff and i was like that's the fucking guy from you know yeah, <laughs> like right. the cartoon i watch every day i know i know like, that's that. amazing yeah actually See, remember that that's that Edward G. Robinson thing? Where's your mouth? Yeah, 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 yeah. right? like, just for fun, I had the audience going. I said, don't laugh when I, if it's something you like, just go, yeah, that's the kid's funny, see? And I had the whole audience doing it. It was so fucking fun. And they were, oh, I said, this good. is one impersonation you can all do. This girl goes, oh, I can't do it. She's like a little Asian girl, beautiful. I said, yeah, you, you can do it. They can all do it. She goes, I said, come on, let me let's try. She goes, Ah, sure. And that's perfect. She goes, it, it was crazy. I said, but we want that. And they, the kids were laughing. It was just so fucking good. Now that's that was spontaneous. Yeah. I don't have a thing in my act to, to go do a 1940s movie movie guy. Right. Ah, yeah. Yeah. See, even you, watch- even you could do it. Yeah, it's a good one. I was watching the Dick Van Dyke show the other night, and Alan Reed, the dude who does the uh, Fred Flintstone was an auctioneer in the episode. Wow. But the, I didn't realize it at the time, but I'm watching the the episode. It was, it, I love that, that show. It's so great. Um, but uh, yeah, the guy's voice when he was doing it, I'm like, who, why does I, why do I know this guy? And then I did a quick IMDB thing and it was the guy who voiced Fred Flintstone, Alan Reed. And he looks just like Fred. It's weird. He was supposed to be like the Jackie Gleason of cart in the cartoons. Right. Right. Didn't Jackie sue them? I don't know. I don't know if he did them, but that was, that was Norton and uh, yeah, the two of them. Mel Blank. Oh, Mel Blank was a real genius, huh? 
Yeah, Mel Blanc did Barney Rubble's voice. Yeah. Oh, he did. I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah, he did. He did Barney Rubble's voice, and he tried to to make it a little bit more like Norton's. He said about from uh, what, I mean, what's his name? Um, Art Carney's voice a little bit as it went on. I think Jackie Gleason tried to sue the Flintstones initially because he didn't understand. Like he thought they were just straight ripping them off, huh. and then he was like, "This is, you know, I should be getting royalty or whatever." But then he kind of got got the joke and got the idea and he was like all right fuck it i'll leave him alone um i didn't know for the longest time that bugs bunny was supposed to be clark gable by the way and i'm a little ashamed i I, I didn't know that too yeah he's supposed to be he it was even the because you ever see the movie with um oh my god oh it's like one night out or something like that clark gable and he's chewing on a carrot and he literally says what's up duck and he and he bites on the carrot and just from that thing mel blank took it and like Frizz Freeling and they drew Bugs Bunny and that was it. Nancy, Nancy Murray, who is Bill Murray's sister. We went mm. to a college together. Oh, and wow. Yeah, she was, uh, I mean, she was a nun, but she was f- fucking hilarious. And right. She said to me, she goes, I can't wait to meet my brothers. And they're going to love you. And then and I, so I, I'm up at Saturday Night Live a couple of years later. I go up to Bill Murray. I go. I'm, I just want to say I'm a good friend of your sister, and uh, just want nice, nice to meet you. Nice to finally, you know, you guys are great, and also I love your brother. And you know what he said? What? Nothing. He didn't fucking say a word to me. What a disappointment. At least if he said, "Excuse me, I'm, I'm busy right now." Nothing. Like I didn't exist. Oh. And I know he's good. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make him bad because. But what a sad. They they hated him in Kilkenny. You, you, really? you get hated. Kilkenny's one of those little cities that people all love each other. Yeah, they, he managed. Wow. He managed to uh, had too much eye at, on them. You know, they, they, he was like such a fucking nut, but a bad, in, a, in a bad that's, way. Let's end the show so right dis- there on that negative note. I was going to say, we should keep going with Hollywood negative stories. No. Like, isn't that crazy, though? You don't, you meet people. So, like, uh, honestly, like most of the comics I've met, like yourself and Kevin Pollack and people I've gotten to work with, really nice, right? Like, for the most part. Then you always meet some random one and you're like, are they in a mood today? Like, are they just pissy? And then you find out they're always like that. And I'm like, how do you do that to people? Like, I can't not be like like poli- like you know what i mean like you ever get off the phone with somebody and they don't say okay goodbye nice talking to you or whatever <laughs> and they just go and you're like what did i do <laughs> like what like what the fuck is that that shit drives me crazy man i think it's the italian in me probably too i probably feel guilty if i don't like you know make sure the other person's taken care of <laughs> like everything good you good all right great good talking to you see you later what? people will just hang up on you now i was on i was on um um the, what's the, the um, lady? The, the, the three three women: uh, Betty Betty White. Oh yeah, something girls. Uh, Golden girls. Golden girls. And B. Arthur. Yeah, Rick I called Clinton. her Bo by mistake. Right, I'm down to getting a bag up, and she she walks down. And I go, I go, hey, how you doing, Bo? She goes, it's B, darling. So I was like scared of her. Oh my god. <laughs> What was the most starstruck you've ever been? Um, that's a good question. Well, before I was friends with Charles Barkley, which we've had, we've had a friendship for a long time. He wow. was like, but he was funny, you know, so it wasn't that much of a challenge. I don't know. It's a good question. Right. 
I don't really have anybody that was that, that, that impressed me. I'm impressed by their talent, but sure. that, that you know, I mean, the thing is, it's funny thing. That's that's one of the, one of the things about being a comedian is you you don't have to have anything special, you know, like your nose, your whatever. It doesn't matter. And yeah. you know, you can talk. So you, there's a potential that you could, you could be a comedian. Some of the things people do, you can't do. You know, like you mm-hmm. can't see Michael Jordan coming from the, the, the foul line and dunks the ball. You can't go. I could do that. No, you can't. You right, can't right. fucking get. You can't even t- touch the rim. You can't touch right. the net. Yeah, yeah. Help me with this. I don't know where I'm going. Come on, is this right. thing on? You were. Killing it. You were saying about being a comedian, like you don't have like there's certain things that I, I know I think I know what you're saying. There's certain stuff like if you're a basketball player, there's like, you know, you gotta be able to dunk, you gotta be able to do this. But for a comedian, you just have to be like, you know, yourself. You have to strip everything else away until you're you and be funny. I think that's where you were going, right? You're talking to me personally. <laughs> yeah. Just you, yeah, everything's about it. my my thing. I'm telling you, you're gonna make it one day in this business if you stick keep with it. Keep it going, keep it coming. <laughs> Yeah, that's all you got to do. Um, I want to ask you the last three questions I've asked every guest on the show. Yes, no, no. And then I will. And, and then I will, yeah, yes. And then I'm gonna. So first question is a bit of a softball question, but if you could go back in time and talk to your younger self, what piece of advice would you give yourself that would help you today? Stop jerking off. Go outside and get some fresh air. <laughs> Wait, could you imagine you right now at this age? taking a time machine and finding five-year-old you and just grabbing you by the shoulders and going, stop jerking off. <laughs> you little bastard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would scar that kid for life. You would never touch his dick again. Ugh. Oh my God. That'd be horrifying. Hilarious. Um, second question is what had to end in your life, good or bad that led you to where you are today? Oh God. I know it's a doozy. Can I, can I hear that again? Yeah. What had to end in your life, good or bad, that led you to where you are today? I guess cheating on my wife. I oh, knew wow. you'd get it out of me. I knew you'd get that out of I, me. Yeah. I know. I got I it. That's how that I do it. Again. Because yeah. I can't. I can't even get a whore now. <laughs> I thought I had you. Yeah. I don't need the money no, that that's... bad. Thanks anyway. Yeah. Was that a pivot? Was that a pivotal moment for you? Was that like a, a wake up call though? No, I just don't. Uh, I honestly, um, I can't think of a, a momentous moment like that that changed my life completely. Right. I mean, I've learned. It from could people, be good or bad. But I can't. I can't what say one thing was significant. So ruin that. Right. Get that fucking question out of there. Let's go back to the. It's game. gone. What at and um and the last question ties into the show. It's uh, you can don't be model. You know what's crazy? I'll tell you right now. You're the only one I'm going to say this to. Uh, I'll ask this question, and in the beginning, people were funny with it. They were having a good time with it. They were playing around, and then somewhere in the middle of these two hundred something episodes, people got really sappy with me about the last question. And I was like, God, what the fuck am I doing? What the fuck's going on? Maybe you can help me fix it. But the last question is this. If this was a genuine dystopia, the show is called Dystopia Tonight, more so than it is now, and everybody woke up tomorrow and found out it was their last day on Earth, what do you think would be going on? Do you think it'd be a comet, aliens, zombies, uh, political collapse, climate change, and how would you want to go out? 
what would be your epic way of leaving the, you know, your final day? Isn't that more than one question? Yeah. It, it, it might. Well, yeah, it might be more than one. I think what would be going on? Well, what do you want to happen? Well, I don't what, want how do you think the earth to happen to mankind in the sense that I see all those glaciers melting now and all. I think mm-hmm. like some of the, the, the terror that way, this is a good way to end uh, any kind of <laughs> any kind of show that's supposed to be funny, and their faces and their heads are blowing up, and it, and it, the mom tried to say I love you, but the kid blew away into the storm. Um, <laughs> I almost fed. Are you look? You having me laughing? Um, what's the question? I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> See. I said, if this was your, if this, if you woke up tomorrow and you found out it was the genuine dystopia, and there was like a comet heading to what, what would be, what would be happening? Do you think? And how would you want to go out? You're gonna uppercut an alien. You're gonna fight your way out. You're gonna eat the best meal of your life. You're gonna. I want to get in. I want to get. I want to get in the Beatles. Oh yeah. I want a guy. I went to Beatles like McCartney and Lennon. Going, yeah, that's one. I mean, I'm pretty. He's a sure, sure the one. Yeah. And I got to go up to them and go. Um, how you guys wanted me, Tom or Tom Herrera, big fans of yours. I love your stuff, and we'd like you to join us. I go, well, I don't really sing. <laughs> we don't give a fuck. Just be up there. You're so funny. <laughs> that's, oh, all right, that's thanks. Beautiful man. He, I'll be, you know, because I had a dream like that about Bruce Springsteen because I know the guys in in his band. Mm-hmm. I don't know him well. I've been introduced to him, and in the dream he goes, Tom. The guys want you to join the group. I said, I'm not a musician. He goes, I don't give a fuck. We're not musicians either. This is in the thing, you know. And I, I said, all right, I'll do it, you know. But I think I wanted to raise that dream to reality would be the Beatles asking me to join them. Oh, nice, man. I love that. Now you wait. Now you get with two two two's left. Now never been offered for with the full Beatles. Yeah. What do you say? Have you met them before? No, I, I'll tell you the thing about that. I go into this restaurant in in L.A. Mm-hmm. and I had the the cap on. Uh, this is the Hollywood Police, right? Yeah, yeah. I had the Beatles on, and this little cute little waitress, or she's who's the girl who's sitting seating us. She goes, "Is this okay?" She goes, "That's a cool hat. Where'd you get it?" I, I, I said, "They they gave it to me." And like the Beatles gave me the hat. Right. She went, "Cool," <laughs> and just walked away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great, man, dude! Thank you so much for spending time with me. I really appreciate it. You're you're one of my heroes, and and uh, you again, you were always nice to me when I was uh, when I was young and coming up, man. So I, I can't thank you enough for that. Well, my pleasure. It's nice to meet you, re meeting you. Yeah, let me see some old pictures so I recognize you. I can't believe we did it. I'm glad I was nice to you. Then you trapped me on this on this chair thirty years ago. Going, and you know, here's what else you fucking said to break a kid's heart. You'll never make it, and if you do, they'll probably stop comedy. Yeah, so anyway, it was nice. You know what? Hang on one second. I'll pull a picture up for uh, from uh, from when because I do have pictures of us when we were hanging out. And the funny thing is, is literally every time we have seen each other, um, you have just like in the beginning when you got into this room, uh, fucked with me about my hair because I I didn't have this much hair then, but I still had like a lot of hair. And one of the things uh, one of the things you said to me was, even when I had hair, I didn't have that much hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and then True. the second time you saw me, you went "fuck you" and your hair. <laughs> Every wow. time, it's beautiful. I'll pull up the picture right now, man. It always used to crack me the fuck up because you would always have something to say about it, and I'm like, and you, and you would, and then another time you said, "If you ever fucking cut your hair, I'll come after you." 
Wow. I was like, holy shit. All right. The only thing, which is nice, because when I met Pat Cooper, he yelled at me for having long hair. <laughs> Look at you. You're I a like nice him, Italian was... boy. What are you doing? Cut your hair. Put it. Yeah. Yeah, he was, uh, he was a, he's a bit strict with the world. Oh, yeah. I liked him, but. He, you know, he could have been a lot more loving and successful if he, if he just was a little more law. You yeah. know what I mean? He was a... No, I know what you mean. Um, yeah. He, why, uh... do you, why alienate Howard Stern? He's got so much fucking power. Just shut up. You know, like, don't tell him, you know, don't go after people like that. This is the wrong person. He's got worldwide listeners. Yeah, I completely agree, man. I'm not sure. Sometimes I see people doing that and I'm like, don't they have friends they can that are calling them? Like, dude, you're fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you're you're out of control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, don't you have people around you? People who care about you? Your family? A, a, a showbiz buddy? <laughs> I, it's it's so, like, oh my god! I don't know if you you uh, follow any of this kind of shit, but man, Britney Spears is, uh, um, you know, getting divorced uh, from her husband. You know, from that dude, right? And they only got married after she got you know freed from her conservat conservatorship or whatever. So, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, like this guy's going to get all that fucking money you just got back, you know, oh. like, but I'm like, I don't know. But then she just bought a stripper pole and now she's dancing on Instagram on it. I don't fucking know, dude. People are I wish I had half the money people fucking wait. I think I'd be happier. I'm not sure. I think I would be or it'd help at least I'm not 100 percent. Sometimes I think about that. I don't know why I just turned this into a therapy session. Dom, can you help me out? <laughs> Like, I'm not. How can you be helped out? I don't, I don't know. I always, like, I. Bing. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> Next, click. <laughs> My seat just drops. I'm like, how did he do that? <laughs> They're like, you don't know. Dom's got access to everything. <laughs> he, right. He's the, all right, I'm pulling up this picture that obviously took, uh, way too long. You look familiar, but I don't even, my, my, my head was that fat. <laughs> oh, it's still the same. Shit. It was it was great, man. That was at Bananas. That was uh, one of the last times I was with you at Bananas. And then I have another picture from um, Governors, and then I have another one from Chicago. I don't remember Chicago, the Chicago day very well, but the Governors I love. Yeah, Governors is a blast. I love those places. We uh, that was one of the you know what you know what can I tell you right now too? I'm gonna this is me just uh, you'll you'll get used to hearing this kind of shit anyway because you know. But um, one of the coolest things for me when I got to work with you at Governors. It was the first time I'd gotten to open for you, but um, you treated me like a, like an equal, you know, like an equal, like a comic. Like it wasn't like I was just the, we never met, but I got to go backstage and I was a little nervous because I never met you before. You don't know how somebody's going to be that you've, that you've seen on yeah. TV their whole lives. But we sat in the back and you just asked me where I was working, the gigs I had, and then we started watch TV. And then we just started talking about the Beatles and how much we loved the Beatles and I told you I take my That's mom to go great. see McCartney every year for her birthday and all the times wow. I've seen him and stuff and so you treated me you know like an equal and I and I I walked away that weekend because I think I was still doing part time jobs too but I was like that feels really good it was nice good well thank you for having me on yep thanks for doing it dude I'll see you again thank you bro thanks man. <laughs> Dystopia tonight.